0: Edwin is a chore-bacon, he muttered to the tune of his hunter's hooves as he rode through Hopeworth towards the hall, the entrance of which was situated at the far end of the village. There was a hard sparkling frost on the ground. It would have cut the hound's paws, which is why the reverend was not out hunting. It also accounted for his morose temper. A pale thin disk of a sun, not enough to warm the frigid air, swam through a haze of cloud. "'I must have the money! I must have the money!' went the vicar's litany. "'Oh, my hounds and horses! Oh, bell and thunderer! Oh, rambler and Daphne!' he went on, going over the names of his hounds to comfort him. Hopeworth was a pretty village with trim cottages and neat gardens. A sheet of ice, like a looking-glass, covered the village pond on the green, and women in shawls were huddled around the well.' From the six jolly beggarmen, Hopeworth's public house, floated an aroma of beer and brandy and rhubarb. He contemplated dropping in for a glass of shrub to fortify himself, and then decided against it. Better to get the distasteful business over as soon as possible. The hall was a handsome baroque, red brick mansion built in 1725. To the north and east of it stretched well-wooded parkland, the saloon into which the vicar was ushered held an agreeable mixture of English, French and Dutch furniture. There were Louis XVI armchairs covered in Beauvais tapestry and some fine lattice-backed Chippendale chairs. The walls were covered with hand-painted Chinese wallpaper. "'I will ascertain whether the master is at home,' said the fat footman. "'Cockney Popping Jay,' said the vicar, but he did not say it aloud." He had no wish to waste time putting his brother's servants in their place. He fought with his temper as the minutes ticked away and his brother did not come. The vicar strode up to the mantelpiece and straightened his stock. He suddenly felt that it might have been better to don morning dress for this money-eliciting occasion instead of an old plush game coat with many pockets, gosling green cords and very dark tops. A genteel cough from behind made him swing around. Sir Edwin and Lady Edwin had entered the room. Both were tall and stately and impeccably dressed. Sir Edwin followed the Brummel fashion, the skirts of his blue coat being cut back to form a square-cut tailcoat with pockets in the pleats. The sleeves were gathered and padded to give the kick-up effect. His shirt collar was so high and so starched he had difficulty in turning his head. He wore high-waisted, canary-yellow stockinette trousers and thin slippers trimmed with small buckles. His grey hair was backcombed into a high mass on top of his head, with curls over the temples. He was as thin as the vicar was stocky. Where the vicar's face was round and ruddy, the baronet's was thin and pale. The vicar had twinkling little shoe-button eyes embedded in pads of fat. The baronets were a washed-out blue colour, with a peculiarly blue iris, which gave him the blind look of some classical statues of the eighteenth century. Lady Edwin was also tall. Her face would have been thin had she not transformed it with wax pads worn inside the cheeks to give the Dutch doll effect, which was going out of fashion. This also gave her speech a muffled, strangled sound, which was the envy of every woman in the village with aspirations to gentility. She was wearing a high-waisted vertical gown with a high neck and deep muslin ruff. The hem, which was untrained and fashionably short to expose most of the foot, was trimmed with Spanish embroidery. She wore her brown hair short and frizzled on the front. "Well, well," said the Vicar heartily, "it's nice to see you, brother. Ma'am?" He jerked a bow in Lady Edwin's direction. Sir Edwin looked out of the window to where the ornamental lake glittered palely under its coating of ice. "'Too hard to go hunting, Charles?' he said in his dry, precise voice. "'You must be at loose ends. I gather that is the reason for your visit.' "'Not at all, not at all!' said the vicar nervously, rubbing his large square hands. "'I wondered how you went on. How are Josephine and Emily?' Josephine and Emily were the baronet's daughters. Blooming, quite blooming, said Lady Edwin with a doting smile. Squire Radford was saying only the other day that they are the most beautiful girls in the country.